Codependency is a distortion in the boundary between self and other, where you mentally transfer your identity and your power into another person, and then you try to get it back from them. And it's a coping mechanism that tends to develop in children whose abusive or neglectful parents will only parent if someone pushes them. So you learn to push. But in adulthood, unhealed codependent tendencies can be disastrous to your life. Instead of building a happy life, you build an imaginary version of another person in your mind. You fall in love with their potential. Usually you're overlooking serious shortcomings that definitely will get in the way of what you're imagining. But with codependency, you're driven by the conviction that if they would become your imaginary version of them, you could finally feel happy. The trouble is, instead of focusing on your own life and what you need to be working on, you focused almost obsessively on what you think the other person ought to be doing. You're trying to solve your own problem by making them be what you want. And at first, this may give you a sense that you're doing something heroic, that you're saving them or helping them, genuinely solving problems for them. And for people with this you know, mental distortion going on, there are big problems, but this attempt to fix everything by trying to make another person be that version of themselves that you're holding in your mind, it seldom works. Maybe I could say never works. Your constant pressure destroys the relationship and your lack of attention to your own needs leaves you exhausted, isolated, you know, resentful, and often it will leave you broke as well. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Chrissy and she writes, Hello, Anna. I definitely have been recovering from CPTSD when I was served up every kind of abuse in the book by my immediate family. I'm using my pencil to circle things I want to come back to on a second reading, but let's read Chrissy's letter all the way through. So let me see if I can help. All right. The man I'm currently in a relationship with is 12 years my junior. It came after I had been single for a very long time after ending a decade-long relationship with a man I almost married and had started dating when I was a teenager. He was seven years older than I was, and we met when I was reeling from an ultimate betrayal when my mother sabotaged my college matriculation by lying and saying she had filled out financial paperwork, and she hadn't. I was 17. This relationship was one where I was strung along for nine years while he got an associate's degree in nursing, and she puts in parentheses, nine years to get a two-year degree, all the while lying to me about what his plans were for when he finished. I finally had my last straw with the relationship and ended things to pursue things on my own, and while I started to have a lot of on-paper success, my mental health began to deteriorate immensely. Mm -hmm. specifically around a limerent relationship that I recently was able to heal from. To get away from that, I pretty much had to kamikaze my whole life and go no contact with everyone, especially my abusive family members, and all but change my name on the other side of the country. Huh. In a quasi-dissociative state, I destroyed all my paperwork. IDs and anything that would tie me to my old life as I truly wanted to start over from the beginning and also not be found. Okay. I met Billy last summer when I was 
in between places to stay. I had just turned 34 and he is 22. He was always enthusiastic about me, wanted me to move in, and wanted to have kids right away. It was really all he ever talked about. At 34, I had never really bought into the idea of a biological time clock, as I believe mind over matter is definitely more important than anything else. I also always believed that the right person would come in at the right time and everything would work out. So after six months of dating, I'm now pregnant. Billy and I have been arguing a lot lately. The week before my positive pregnancy test, things were so bad I called the police to have him taken in for observation. And they let him go the next day. He was prone to fits of just screaming expletives at me at the top of his lungs and even screaming things that were untrue. Before he met, he had a problem with cocaine and had been suicidal. He smokes pot incessantly. Every time I've tried to get him to seek counseling or anger management, it has turned into an explosive fight. Even when I finally got, got him to go, it was a never-ending loop of fights every day where he would bring it up and start screaming at me about it again. As much as I know about child development and how important it is to have a calm environment for a child, even one that is developing in the womb, I've begun to scream back because that was better than being at the other end of his triggering barrage that reminds me of my father. Yesterday he told me as an excuse that the problem was that the drugs he has done has altered his brain and offered them, offered that as an explanation for his behavior. I'm very adamant that he needs to take control of his life and emotions and that the ownership lies with him. I have forced him to watch YouTube videos on how to regulate his emotions and deal with anger, but he refused to look at them for weeks and continued to have his daily outbursts. Yesterday, I finally got him to pull them back and write his tools down on a sheet of paper with a Sharpie. After a number of times asking him to post them on the wall, I broke down and did it this morning during yoga. I do yoga and Tai Chi every morning, and he refused to join me. Today he went to the movies with his friend, and when he came back, he informed me that he had done mushrooms. I asked him to reconcile this with what he had told me yesterday, and he just started throwing up excuses all over the place and acting like I'm victimizing him. In all honesty, I was trying to do a 12-week year to reach some major financial and career goals, but his constant yelling and screaming have been very dysregulating for me when I'm just trying to get my life together, especially because in six months I'm going to be a mother. I find myself sleeping all day when I was so motivated just a short time ago. I had morning sickness that caused me to stop working, and, but the first trimester is over now, and I'm not sure I should be working and planning on life as a single mother and leave him to figure this out, or if I should be trying to see what I can do with this. I don't have any family or friends since isolation was the choice I made for the, the most amount of healing, and I have healed a ton since I have chosen to isolate. I don't even know how to pull it together and wrangle my inner strength and wherewithal enough to work to save up to move out. I've worked so far to heal this far with self-administered EMDR, meditation, nighttime subliminals, and just learning all I can to heal as much as possible. I'm actually very astonished at how much I have healed. This situation is just very unfortunate. I know I want the best for my child and for future generations, and I refuse to be like my mother, a non-safe savior, savior, abuser trope. I just want to feel supported. And that's from Chrissy. Okay, Chrissy. Um, wow. 
I really, um, when I first read your letter, I wasn't sure if I wanted to read it here just because this is such a crisis situation and reading it on YouTube is not going to be enough. I just, I just want to tell you here, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about some of the specifics of your situation. I'm going to help you see what's going on, but I'm, I'm going to tell you now and I'm going to tell you at the end, it is so important that you see a doctor and at the doctor, you tell them what's going on at home. What I hear is that you're in a very precarious situation. It's potentially dangerous and that you're not really thinking clearly right now about what's happening. Now, I introduced your video by just saying I'm going to talk about extreme codependence. And this is why I'm kind of a tough love person about codependence. Your codependence is one of the most extreme cases I've ever come across. I haven't met everybody in the world, but there's this huge like disconnect you're making where you don't realize that you're making very self-destructive choices for yourself and for the kid that you are the one going to end up raising. All right. So I'll come back to what I want to suggest to you in terms of seeing a doctor and getting professional help and perhaps assistance, public assistance to get out of that house and get yourself into safe housing and hopefully earning money again and getting on your feet so that you can care for your child. All right. So, but let me just talk to you like friend to friend here about what I'm hearing. So in your first paragraph, you talked about, um, you just, you know, you didn't say exactly what it was, but you said, I was served up every kind of abuse in the book. All right. I believe you. Um, the man that you're currently in a relationship with is 12 years younger. Okay. For me, that's a huge red flag about you. He clearly is very immature and there's some distorted thinking there. We'll come back to him. And you said this began after you had been single for a long time, after ending a decade long relationship with someone you almost married and had started dating when you were a teenager. He was seven years older and you met when you were reeling from a betrayal by your mother who sabotaged your college matriculation by lying and saying she had filled out financial aid paperwork and she hadn't. Okay. First of all, I relate. I, I ended up having some very sloppy support around going to college and I, I missed the first semester. I didn't even know what you were supposed to do. I didn't know about, you know, the SAT, which you had to take at the time here in the US. I didn't even know how to apply. I just showed up at the university when I heard school was starting and I was like, how do I sign up? I had no idea. And, um, and it's, you know, it's just what was going on in my family was that crazy. My parents were actually highly educated, but because of alcoholism and all the crap that goes with that, I wasn't getting help. So I missed a semester. And during that first semester, I just went to a community college and I took a couple of classes and I worked as a house cleaner just to sort of make ends meet, right? That's what I did. And um, so what I'm questioning you about is why after all these years, you were 17 and you're now 35. So this is more than half your life ago. Are you still caught up in this story about how your mom was so screwed up? I believe you like that. It's terrible that that happened, but that happened a long time ago. And you've had all this time to address it and get to a community college or get your credits together to go to college. And that's, you know, that's just what we do. That's what a lot of people do is we figure out what we want. I'm really sorry. Your mom was never there. It sounds like there were serious problems, um, but I relate. And a lot of people here do too. The sooner you can accept that that's over, you know, and you decided to cut off contact. So now you're on your own feet. Unfortunately, you got your life all tangled up with this kid on drugs and your mind is playing tricks on you, making you think that you can get him to change and that if you can, everything's going to be great. I don't see any scenario where that can work out, I'm afraid. 
um, I hear that you're frozen. You're, you seem to be in freeze mode. So you were, you talked about this other guy. You also were resentful at him. Some old story that he got a two-year degree in nine years while you waited for him or something. So what I'm just seeing, Chrissy, like, I just see you're having trouble taking responsibility for your choices. That just, you know, just because you were with some guy who was in a nursing program really has no bearing on whether you went to school or what you did with your life. He is not to blame for what you did or didn't do during that time. And if you didn't like what he was doing, you could leave. See, if, because you're having a baby, I'm gonna be very direct and be like, you know, Chrissy, I want you to wake up. I want you to see what's going on here. I want you to be very real with yourself because now is the time when you are no longer at liberty to, you know, keep putting yourself into terrible situations and waiting for somebody else to change. Nobody's coming to do that. You are now the mother. You are the person who's going to save everybody in your own family of you and your baby. That's who's going to do it. All right. So forget the men. You know, it sounds like you chose people who, I don't know, they just weren't, certainly this recent one is a very, very self-destructive choice. I got to call you on that. Um, Sometimes it helps for somebody to just say it, you know, this is, this is like really bad. This is a bad situation. Nobody should have a baby in this situation, let alone even be pregnant when there's that much stress going on at home. I don't see the problem as him. He's 22. He's doing a lot of drugs. I wouldn't be happy about that in my kid, but I certainly, it's like your decision to try to have a family with him is showing some distorted thinking. So then I noticed you did, you had this story where you had to get away from the relationship, you had to get away from your family. You, you said in a quasi dissociative state, you destroyed all your paperwork, your ID, anything that would tie you to your old life. So this is interesting because I, you know, I just did a webinar about this codependency is how you lose your identity and your power. And that's exactly what you did. You just, you destroyed your identity. And then you had, you were said you were between places to stay. So I think the other word for that is like homeless, right? Homeless, no identity, so vulnerable. And then thinking, I know this is a time to have a kid. You know, it's okay. The thing about, <laughs> the thing about kids is they occur. <laughs> Pregnancy happens. And if you're called to go ahead and have this baby, that is your decision. Um, and if you want to raise this baby, it's your decision. But I implore you to radically change your life to become a mother of someone who is capable of mothering a child. This is so critical. It's so important. No identity. You didn't have a place to live. And then he says he just wants you to move in. He was enth enthusiastic. He wanted you to have kids right away. And it was all he ever talked about. And I think you're telling me that to sort of justify why you moved right in with him. Well, he wanted it. But see, that's not a good reason. Somebody who wants that, who's so much younger than you and who I think you would have figured out quite early about the drugs and the rages and stuff. That's not healthy of you to make that decision. I hear though, you were probably desperate. You had nowhere to live, but that's okay. You would not be the first woman who ended up living with some jerk <laughs> because you had nothing else to do and you didn't have the money. And so the next step is to get on your feet, not to form a family with that person. Um, once that baby's born, you're going to, your mobility, your choices in life are going to be really restricted for a while. You're going to be so dependent on him. So now your mind is saying, if I could just, you know, I'm making him with a Sharpie work on himself and do this stuff. And it's like, girl, once you're trying to tell somebody else what they have to do about themselves, you have lost the battle. 
if they are not somebody who takes care of themselves and treats themselves with respect and treats you with respect, they're not suitable as a partner, period. So I have been in this before. I've had two relationships with drug addicts. Both times it didn't start that way, but that's what it turned into. And I know firsthand how like loopy it makes you. It just makes you think like, gosh, I've just got to save this situation. And I think those of us who went through abandonment as kids can get extra loopy, extra distorted thinking that like, well, I can't leave. So I must make them be another person. And then your mind plays tricks on you. And you just think, I'm right. I'm right. I have to make you do this. How dare you not do everything I say? Like, like just there's, there's a hundred different levels why that's a really toxic dynamic and it's coming from you. It's actually coming from you. He, I, I, I believe that he has, was like this all along. It doesn't matter that he was like, Oh, la la, let's move in. You know, let's have a baby. That doesn't mean anything from a 22 year old. Like that's crazy talk. So, you know, he, he wasn't in any kind of position to do that. So I'm, I'm asking you to get support for your mental health and the thinking that you had that made this seem like a good idea and that makes you now basically emotionally abuse him to try to make him become who you want him to be. He's emotionally abusing you, but you're kind of in his space right now. And I would just say, if he, if he can't keep his mind together, if he's raging, he can't stay off drugs, you need to not be there. It's a terrible and toxic place to be. And your responsibility is to not be there and, and just to like take your lumps and just be like, I felt desperate. I was alone and I did what I had to do in my mind at the time. But now, now I'm going to change course and I'm going to get help for myself. Okay. So then you had to call the cops. And when you say they had to take him in for observation and I'm, I guess, you know, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but observation is what you do for somebody who's having a mental breakdown. So I don't know, maybe it, I don't know, I guess police intervene on that too. They let him go the next day. But also when, when it's the point that somebody, you have to call the cops on them and they get taken away by the police, like pretty much, I mean, it's very, very unlikely the relationship can continue. No way should a child come into that dynamic. Um, so then he just screams expletives and they're not even true. I know what that's like where somebody's acting just, you know, totally abusively, but this part of your mind is like going into a little loop and you're like, and furthermore, it's not even true. It doesn't matter whether it's true or false. They're screaming at you. This is not a good thing. And you're, you're continuing to choose to be there and have this thinking. So then you're saying before he met you, he had a problem with co cocaine and had been suicidal. Very bad mix. This is no, 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 no relationships with people who are in that place. No having children with people who are in that place. Um, smokes pot incessantly. That's I, I've often noticed people who do it incessantly are trying to control anger. And at a certain point it stops working. So you say, every time I've tried to get him to seek counseling or anger management, it's turned into an explosive fight. So there you go. You have your answer. He's not interested. He's not going to do it. And it's just another explosive fight. Even when I finally got him to go, it was a never ending loop of fights every day where he would bring it up and start screaming at me about it again. Okay. Again, the answer is in your face. This is what he's capable of. As much as I know about child development. Yeah. You're worried about your own stress and that you're screaming back at him. And I agree. Um, you know, the developing baby does hear that and is shaped by all the hormones going through your body. And that's not ideal at all. So yesterday he said that it's all the drugs he's done that altered his brain. Well, you know, that's probably true. And that's why he's not a suitable person for you to be with right now. 
And you said, I'm very adamant that he needs to take control of his life and emotions and that the ownership lies with him. All right, that sounds like a good talk and everything, but he doesn't have to do anything. If he owns this, he doesn't have to do anything. He's, he gets to do whatever he wants. Now, legally, now he's the father and he has an obligation to this kid. I would be, you know, I'm just going to be straight with you. It will be a miracle if you ever get any kind of parental support from him. You certainly can't leave your child with him and in custody like this is that once you have a baby with somebody like the state intervenes and now you can't you know if you don't want him to have custody you have to go to court you have to deal with this if you want money i don't see money coming from this person for a long time in his life if ever not from the place he's in sometimes people reform but they're gonna i, I strongly recommend you let him sort out whether he's ever going to change his life on his own time you said you told him that the ownership lies with him but in the very next sentence you say i have forced him to watch youtube videos on how to regulate his emotions you cannot tell somebody that the ownership lies with them and then force them to do something you are taking ownership of this do you see that do you see how you are just you're you're uh, you're having the codependent thought and again like the reason i'm not judging you is because i have been there and i know what being around somebody in this high stress situation does to your thinking but somebody has to like help you come back to reality you're trying to make him into something he simply is not it's making you scream it's making your life unstable and precious time is going by where you're not setting up your your life where you can be safe and care for your baby you should never force anyone to watch videos that's not appropriate that's not what, you know, that's not appropriate. You cannot force anyone to watch a video. Um, and you can't force them to go to counseling and you can't force them to own anything. If you don't like how they are, what you do is you leave. That's, that's how this works. He refused to look at the videos and then he kept having the outbursts. Okay, so you have a rager here. You have an abusive person. I'm telling you, if it's, if it's, if it's at this point now, there's a serious risk it's going to go to physical violence. And I just cannot stress enough that you need to get out of there. Um, yesterday, I finally got him to pull back the rages and write his tools down on a sheet of paper with a Sharpie. And after numerous times of asking him to post them on the wall. See, this is like you're in a dynamic like he's like he's a five year old and you're the mean mom and you're trying to make him do something or punish him. And I promise you, like, this can go nowhere good. Nothing good comes of this. Of course he's enraged because A, he is who he is, and B, somebody's trying to control him and make him not do his drugs. This can't go well. So then you said, I broke down and I did it for him. He's acting like I'm victimizing him. Here's my tough love. You are victimizing him. You are victimizing him. Now, he had a part in this, but basically when somebody's totally incapacitated on drugs and possibly mental health problems, uh, they can't be expected to be rational or responsible. And I don't see any evidence that he can be expected to do those things. You're trying to do these career and financial goals. Yeah, there's part of you just going, oh my gosh, I got to get it together here. You need a place to live. You need money. You need to be safe. You need some support. And the baby's coming in six months. And by the time I'm reading this, it's even less. So you find yourself sleeping all day. And part of that is, you know, you're pregnant and that takes a huge amount of physical energy. And maybe you're also depressed, which it's a pretty depressing situation. You had morning sickness and had to stop. You're wondering, should you keep working? And like, this is a question for a doctor. I just want to get to this part where I say it's time for you to be in therapy and to have prenatal care and talk really honestly with a doctor and get so, some social services support to get out of that living situation and into a shelter or some kind of supported living. 
And this is the one thing where sometimes our society will really step up is if a woman is pregnant, there is extra help available to do that. And then you say you want to save up to move out. But see, I, I don't see that happening with this level of crazy going on and with, with you not even having an ID or anything like that. Social services, therapy, um, getting assistance from police if you need to. Um, you I'm guessing you don't have a lot of belongings and you get yourself into a shelter to start working this out. Now, I seldom take letters where the answer is, you know, it's a bunch of stuff that I can't help you with. What I can help you with is just as somebody who's been through relationship with a drug addict and an inappropriate relationship. I also became a single mom and, um, you know, it's a long story of what happened there. But I know the terrifying feeling of facing this alone. And um, I also know what it costs. And I just know, like, no parent should go through this alone. No parent should go through this alone. So I know you're detached from your family. It sounds like you're in a strange place with no friends. You're across the country. It's time for you to get support. Number one top priority. And I'm going to ask everybody in the comments to refrain. I know you're here watching videos. I think I saw you on a call, on one of my big calls with hundreds of people the other day. I know you're here and I'm so glad you're here. Like we're a support network for you, but we're not local. And now, you know, with baby, you need local too. You need a, you need a village now. <laughs> and you deserve it. And um, it is right that everyone, everybody steps up to help you put this together. But it begins when you go be open with a professional about what's really going on and they will know what to do. They'll know what to do. Um, it sounds to me like your mental health is way under strain right now, that it's really under strain. And the worst thing that can happen is for you to have some kind of um, break with reality or emotional breakdown or, you know, give up and fall into whatever self-destructive behaviors you've ever had in the, in the past. And so I, I do believe that when, when a crisis hits of this proportion, you just want to hold the hands of the people around you, people within the system, people in 12-step programs, it's free, but people. You need love, you need hand-holding. I'll tell you a little something. When I was pregnant and I, I thought I was going to be an utterly single mom, one thing that surprised me is, um, and I used to go to 12-step um, meetings all the time at that time. And so first I would go and go, I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a baby and the father doesn't want to help me. And the story evolved quite a bit later, but I shared about that. And one thing that really surprised me is how much people came forward to help me. They took me to dinner. They bought me groceries. They gave me baby clothes. Some of them said, you know, if you need a place to stay, I have a sofa. Like they really, it surprised me how kind people were. I made myself available for that kind of help by showing up, by showing up and talking honestly what was going on, like in isolation and being in the crazy environment, like none of that can happen, none of it can reach us. And it will get into your mind that you have no choice and you just have to put up with this. And it's, it's a feeling of desperation that for no other reason, just don't let those desperate hormones get into your baby. You know, help your baby feel your serenity, help your baby feel your confidence that you'll be able to work this out. Um, and do that for yourself, for the, you know, the dear girl inside of you, who is you, who needs support right now to get through this. Sounds very isolating. So we send our love. This is what I wanted to say to everybody watching. Please hold the judgment on Chrissy. All right. No judgment. 
share some love and support and encouragement to take positive steps. If any of you have experience in similar relationships and situations, maybe share with us in the comments how you got out of it. Let's, you know, let's help each other here. Um, the last thing Chrissy needs is to get piled up on. This is a very tough situation. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.